Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. People don't operate in their giftings for myriad of reasons. Here at Pathway, we want to pull out of you what God's put in you. But what works for your calling and what works for Kevin's calling are going to be completely different. There's a concept I want you to grab a hold of for me real quick. There are things that I cannot do because of my calling. There are places I can't go because of my calling. There are things I can't say or things I can't participate in because of my calling. If you don't know your calling, you will say things, you will do things, you will act in ways that will hinder God from moving in your life. It is vitally important to know your gifting. Ephesians tells us to live out your life worthy of your calling. When you begin to walk in your calling, you begin to shift your way of thinking. When you walk into your calling, you shift what you allow and what you don't allow. I'm not going to be your Holy Spirit and tell you what you already know on the inside. Instead, I want to encourage you to pursue God. Find out from God what is the calling in your life and how do you live that life out worthy enough to walk in the calling that God has for you. That's good. The more of the culture of heaven that's in you, the greater the culture of heaven that can be released through you. When we come together as the body of Christ, I'm about to start running, all right? If you are operating in your giftings, if Sharon is operating in her giftings, if Randy is operating in her giftings, if Sue is operating in her giftings, the body of Christ begins to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit that's limitless. The only way we can walk in the same limitless power that Jesus did is when we all come together collectively. Remember, God is trying to do in the body of Christ what he did in the body of Christ. If the body of Christ was without limit, the Holy Spirit wants the body of Christ to be without limit. But how do we operate without limit? The body of Christ has to come together. The body of Christ has to operate in its giftings. If you're not operating in your giftings, the body of Christ can't what? Be limitless. It can't function. It can't do what God's called us to do. So if you're not operating in the giftings that God has put in your life, it causes the body of Christ to be null and void of what the body of Christ was destined to do. Yeah. 
In your notes, we're going to read this passage. It's kind of long. This was right after Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit, came upon him. Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Verse 18 in bold. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. Got that? To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. Why were the eyes of everyone in the synagogue fastened to him? I'm going to answer that question in just a second. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Oh, I'm about to get excited, you guys. I want you to picture this. Jesus walked into the temple. He was handed the scroll from the book that had the book of Isaiah on it. Jesus opens the scroll and reads the prophecy that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Another term for anointed is spirit empowered. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. He has empowered me. Then he closed up the scroll and says, this day, the scripture has been fulfilled in your midst. Think about what he just did. He just, in front of all the Pharisees, in the synagogue, in front of all the leadership, said, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. Tradition says, this. the Pharisees would all sit in a line in the synagogue in their meetings. They would leave one chair always open in the room for the ultimate coming of the Messiah. So every time they got together, there would be 11 chairs set out. 10 of the 11 chairs would be occupied by these leaders, these Pharisees. They would leave the 11th chair open as a sign that there is a Messiah that is coming, and this would be his rightful place to sit. Check this out. Jesus had a boss move. Tradition shows that when Jesus rolled up the scrolls and he said, I am the anointed one. Jesus walked over to the seat with the Pharisees and sat down in the 11th empty chair. Do you not get that? These Pharisees for hundreds of years have said, if the Messiah comes, this is his chair. And now Jesus comes out of nowhere and says, I am he, the Messiah that is your God, and sits in the chair and says, guess what? We're about to make some things happen. So now we have Jesus on earth, he is anointed, and he has fulfilled the prophecies that a man would be born in a stable by a mother who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The intent of Jesus was to demonstrate to us what an anointed life looked like. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Jesus didn't put up with anything ruling over him. When lack tried to come his way, what did he do? He took five loaves and some bread and, and some fish and broke that and had plentiful left over. When death tried to come his way, what did he tell Lazarus? 
Come on, let's go. Nothing could stop him. When a demon uh, came, Jesus spoke one word, and he took authority over the demon. When the wind and the waves would crash, what did he say? Be still. He let nothing have authority over him. That is what living the spirit-filled, empowered life is supposed to look like. You have dominion. You have power. You have authority that nothing can come against you. Jesus was demonstrating what the, I won't get excited and start running, that the spirit empowered life was all about. If it was just about a baby being born, he would have done that. If it was just about Easter, he would have done that. But the spirit empowered life was so much more that he took Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and said, I want you to write down everything that I am, everything that I did, so you can teach people how they are supposed to walk on this earth, so they can have the same access to what I have access to. There is a culture that we abide in by being a citizen of the kingdom of God. In this kingdom, there are keys and there are principles that we can operate in that will bring the reality of heaven to earth in our given situation. Now, God has called us to be salt. Remember you guys got the salt shakers? Yep, yep, you've seen those this week, hopefully. When we are salty, God can sprinkle us in any environment, and in that environment, we will be able to change the atmosphere because we live by the culture of heaven, not by the culture of the earth and what's around us. The saltiness of our lives determines our ability to be effective. The saltiness of our lives determines our ability to be effective. Then we looked at how God is wanting to do in the body of Christ. Remember that? What he did in the body of Christ. That we are the body of Christ. The churches. Jesus is the head of the church and the church body is the body of Christ. So Jesus had two bodies. He has the body that was his earthly body, the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Meaning that uh, in John 3 it says that uh, Jesus was filled without measure. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is limitless. So in other words, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And with that spirit, he is limitless to do whatever he needs to do. When Jesus died and rose again, the Holy Spirit stayed here to fill the body of Christ collectively and it did it and he did that the same way that the holy spirit filled the body of christ the person so we have the same ability to walk as christ walked in as the collective body of christ with the limitless holy spirit when we are under a particular culture that culture influences everything about us People should be able to tell whether you're a Christian or not by simply being around you. If they cannot tell, you have lost your saltiness. And as the Bible says, you are ineffective for the reason that when I place you in a place of influence, you can no longer influence that place because you're no longer salty. In your notes, I want you to look at the, in the green ink. The greater, this is powerful, the culture of heaven is in you, the greater the culture of heaven can be released through you. You following me? That is what we talked about last week. So we are stopping or we are starting today there. We're going to go a little bit further into this. So are you guys ready? Yep. Are you guys ready? Yeah. 
All right, one more time. You guys ready? Amen. All right, there are gifts and callings for each of us. Thanks, Jeff. Our gifts and callings are there for a reason. But the problem is very few of us ever tap into the gifting that allows it to reach its full potential. Why is that? Why don't we tap into the gifting that God has given us? Well, there's a few reasons. We're just going to address address a few of them. That um, one of them is simply you just ignore it. You know you're called by God, but you just ignore the calling. One of them may be that uh, you look at your past and say, God can't use me because I've been this way in the past. And if I had money to put down on it, I would think that that's going to be the greatest cause for most people. They are tripped up by their past. They let their past dictate their future. Another way is you you think, and I, I fall victim of this one, I, I, I have in the past, that if God doesn't show up in this supernatural encounter where literally the room fills up with light and then a voice from heaven comes and like how Daniel saw the writing on the wall, if I don't see that, then I can't do it because I'm afraid of what the calling's going to look like. And so God apparently hasn't called me to do anything because I haven't had this big encounter of what God's supposed to look like. You know, when I was young, I thought that was what was supposed to happen. Everybody I heard said, man, I just... I just got touched by God in this way. I'm like, hey, I've been touched by God that way. And you hear these pastors, I walked into the room and the glory of God showed up. I'm like, no, that ain't happening. And then I begin to walk in obedience without even knowing it, and my calling began to come out. So just, okay, just whatever. So the, the fourth and final area that you don't fulfill your calling is you simply just don't put the time into practice. You know it's there, you know you have a gifting, but you just kind of don't really step out in faith and say anything. You don't really step out in faith and try. Let me clarify something for you this morning that all of you know, but I want to dive it into you a little bit further. You are called. I don't care about your past. I don't care about your where you've been, what you've done. I don't care what your excuses are. I don't care what the reasons are. You are called by God. Does anybody question that? For every one of us, that calling is going to look different. The calling for Jeff may be one way. The calling on my life may be different. The calling on Casey's going to look like different than the calling from, from Noah. The, the calling from Kevin's going to look different from Dave. The calling is different on every one of us, and how it's going to look is going to look different. So you can't look at someone else's giftings and someone else's callings and say, well, how come I can't have what they have or operate the, operate the way they're operating or do what they're doing? You're not supposed to operate in that gifting. That's not your gifting. So we find ourselves comparing, and once we find ourselves comparing, what do we do? Nothing. Because ours doesn't look like theirs. We have a friend who is a a prophet who is very good uh, being a prophet. Uh, He didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, He didn't grow up in a home where church was a priority, where God was a priority. Uh, But he wasn't where God was fake or God's not real. It just, 
they kind of knew that God existed, but that was kind of the extent of his Christian walk. And the way he tells the story was one day he was walking into his closet at his house. And he said, I heard God speak to me. It was as clear as a friend talking to me in person. God told me that I was called to be a prophet. I could either choose to do it or not. But if I chose not to, I would not be in God's will. He walked into his closet, and whenever he walked into his closet, God spoke to him. The guy was not even saved at this point. After he did what he did in the closet, he walked out of the closet, walked into the kitchen, as he tells it, and his wife was in there. And whenever he looked at his wife, he began to speak out of his mouth words that he didn't understand. They were in English. He didn't understand where they were coming from, but he prophesied over his wife. His wife said, what are you doing? He said, I don't know. I think that's a prophecy. I think God's speaking to me. A week later, he went to church. Whenever he went to the church that uh, was figuring out all this was going on, he went in. And as he went in, he began to look at people and God began to speak to him. He said, I heard it almost as if it was an audible voice. God would go, I'd go up to somebody and shake my hand or shake their hand to say their name. Say, hey, Randy, how are you? He said, all of a sudden, my mouth would just open and a prophetic word would begin to come forth. He said, I felt like I should give my life to God after that. <laughs> he, he became a Christian, gave his life to God, and started a ministry, traveled all over the world, prophesying over people. His gifting came in an unusual way. A lot of people think, as I said a while ago, when the gifting comes, we have to have this huge encounter with God, and God just sovereignly gives us, and all of a sudden I can have this gifting, I can operate in this calling. But that's just one example. And if you look at my mom as another example, hers is completely different. She is a worshiper on the piano. Whenever she began to say, God, I want to hear your voice, how did she get to a place where she could hear God's voice? She spent massive amount of hours on the keyboard in worship, just worshiping the Lord, spending time with the Lord. And she would say, God, I think you're speaking something to me. And she would write it down. She, would, uh, she kept a notepad on the side of her piano. She would write it down. And then when she would get to church on Sunday, I heard this so many weeks, week in and week out, for a long time. She would be up there worshiping the Lord, uh, leading in worship. And when it came to the worship portion, she would say, okay, I think God may have told me this this week in my worship. So I'm going to say something to you as the church body. If this applies to any of you, Come to me after church and tell me so that way I know it's right. But if none of you, if it doesn't apply to any of you, who cares? Move on. Forget about it. We'll keep you on our thing. And what was she doing? She was learning how to hear God's voice. And so there would be Sundays that she would say, I think God's going to do this. Or she would say, I think God is telling me this. And then someone would get the confirmation. And then after doing that for months and months and months, she would say, I think God's healing this. All of a sudden, someone's hand, that's me, that's me. And then all of a sudden, something began to change in the atmosphere of the time that God was using her in. And she would begin to call things out and she began to hear God's voice. It was not on Monday she heard God's voice. On Tuesday, she could operate it in it fluently. It was on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. She, can, she kept pursuing God. God. She kept going after God. And the more she was willing to step out in faith, what happened? The more her gifting and calling became profound.
Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.